Hello, this is Monocle Reads. I'm Georgina Godwin. And today we're finding out all about book festivals and book fairs. What the difference is, why we go to them and which events are coming up. We start with Christina Fuentes-Laroche, who's the international director of Hay Festival, now in its 35th year. It was founded in the Welsh town of Hay-on-Wye and now has iterations all over the world. But of course, like all live events, it was impacted by the pandemic. Now, though, it's back in all its former glory. Christina, welcome to Monocle Reads. How did Hay cope with COVID? Yes, to be honest, we it was a big learning curve and experience. I think we were the first festival forced to do an online digital festival. In March 2020, we were about to launch the program when COVID hit us. We didn't know how long it was going to last. And in like in five weeks, we have to turn around an already planned festival into a digital one. And it was it was a very, very exciting, very it was a great experience. We got audiences from all over the world. We were all in lockdown and somehow Hay became a window to the world. And to be honest, it's in credit to the to the creativity of us all, of us as a team, of the writers to get used to these new models of uh, communicating. And it was uh, very exciting to see People didn't just join to watch. They wanted to feel part of a community. They were uh, exchanging messages with each other and uh, asking questions to the writers. And then we did the festival in Wales, May 2020, May 2021, digitally. As well, we managed to do them as well internationally in Latin America. And we gather a lot of followership, digital followership. And it was a new way to communicate that I think is going to stay. For example, Hey Wales is going to be face-to-face, in flesh, in person. But as well, we're going to have a digital pass to reach this new audience that are following us. So it was a learning curve and... Uh, and difficult, but as well challenging and, uh, and uh, you know, with a lot of uh, lessons for the future. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it, how most events are coming back, but now all with a hybrid model. Yes, I think, I think uh, you know, we got a taste to see these uh, writers live talking to each other as, as a digital audience. You are, in, in, in a way, in the first row, just watching, just feeling this intimacy of the conversation. And, you know, I think music, theatre didn't really work so well in Zoom or in all these new, new ways to, to, to enjoy culture. But a conversation, it, it, it somehow worked. Mm. And I think it, it allows us to reach a wider audience and especially as well in, in other parts of the world where, where the Hay Festival is, you know, it's, um, it's a way to, to be more inclusive and to do more outreach and, uh, and that's a, a very important tool for us for the future. So, tell us what's planned for this summer. The programme has several different strands. Yes, I mean, we, uh, we launched the programme with 500 events and, you know, we have got the biggest names of literature like Nobel Prize winner Abdul Sarah Gurnau, Deborah Levy, Elif Shafak, Bernardine Baristo, the big names of literature. As always, uh, environmental climate change plays uh, an important role with George Monbiot or, or Karen Armstrong with this amazing book, uh, Sacred Nature. We're going to discuss global issues like uh, the fight for democracies uh, and um, how, to, how to work in a global way with uh, the amazing economist Mariana 
Sukatu, AC Grayling, of course, Ukraine, Russia, current affairs is going to be an important part of the festival. We have got uh, Misha Gleni, Liz Doucet, uh, the Nobel Prize winner Svetlana Alisievich. We're going to celebrate as well the Queen's Jubilee, 17th anniversary, coincides with the Hay Festival, with a strand called Women in Power, with, uh, you know, with Nicola Sturgeon, Lady Hale, or Marianne Seagart, that has written this book, The Authority Gap. She's we- great, and that's a great book. I've, I've just been interviewing her about it, in fact, and really, really interesting that beyond the gender pay gap, there are just women are just not taken seriously. Yeah, that's, that's such an important book. I mean, and uh, we think equality has, has arrived, and it, it really hasn't, so it's good to really analyse it. And that book is, is you know, it's brave and, and important. We will have, as well, music, uh, comedy, Letters Life is back with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch reading letters from history with many, many uh, actors and actresses. And that's going to be a fundraising event for Ukraine appeal. So, you know, we are very happy, as well an amazing children's and young adult program. So 500 events in 12 days from the 26th of May till the 5th of June is really, really exciting. And just finally, reading is a solitary occupation. Why do you think people like to come together in person? I think, you know, it's, 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 uh, reading is a solitary occupation, but there is something very intrinsic about sharing stories, about exchanging ideas. So I think uh, the idea of, uh, of uh, getting writers and thinkers together with, with, with the readers is something intrinsic of the human being. You know, we used to tell stories around the fire and that's something that cannot be replaced by by anything else so mm. I think uh, you know and, and I think more and more we need to celebrate writers and thinkers in this polarized world we live in things are not black and white like or not like so I think writers thinkers gives us all this uh, different grace of uh, of life and, and human beings. Mm. Booking opens at uh, very early hours on the 8th of uh, of April, booking opens for everyone else. So please book and let's meet us, celebrate, enjoy, reflect the world we live in and it's going to be a moment of hope. That was Christina Fuentes Laroche. Hay Festival runs from the 26th of May to the 5th of June. Now, off to London Book Fair, which has been on this week. I met up with Edward Nowotka of Publishers Weekly. Ed, we've just been talking about Hay Festival coming back for the first time 100% in person uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. And speaking about why festivals are important, Christina is the, the international director and they run festivals in all over Latin America and, and in various other parts of the world, but not in the US. Are festivals big in the US? They are. They, they really grew in popularity over the last uh, 15 years or so. Sometimes they're run by cities, uh, sometimes by libraries, and sometimes by bookstores. But almost every uh, municipality, town in the U.S. will have some form of a uh, book festival at some point during the year. And they, they're a great way for, for the, the public who may or may not have a reliable source of good news about books uh, or even a local bookstore. They're just a reliable way for them to get news about books, to interact with authors, and to just have uh, a sense 
that they belong to the global literary community. And even if they're in Kansas or California, they can have that uh, become a part of their life, um, however briefly, um, but they often find it very gratifying. Authors love it because they get to meet their fans. Publishers even like it because they get to they get to see fans who are readers react to the authors that they're publishing, and it gives them a better sense of what the audience for a given writer or a given topic for a book might be. Uh, we're having this conversation at the London Book Fair, and of course, book fairs are very different from book festivals. Maybe you could just outline how. Well, book festivals are about the authors and the books and the reading public, and book fairs are about the professional side of the business where the raw intellectual property is bought, sold, traded, refined, and uh, turned into the, the product that you find in the bookstore at the end of the day. So ultimately, a book fair is about the professional community coming together uh, having serendipitous or planned meetings uh, in which they try to mine magic. Mine magic. That's a wonderful phrase for really what is haggling over rights and uh, all, all the rest of it. I mean, I must say that I find book fairs quite uh, sterile environments, normally because they're held in these horrible windowless halls, though. Well, the real drama takes place at these small tables in the, um, in the personal relationships with people. And really, the drama isn't there at the fair itself. The drama is in the entire professional arc of the career of a given editor, agent, uh, or publisher's representative. Book fairs are really about the long-term relationships between individuals and the trust that develops between them. The only way a book gets translated from Bulgarian into English is if those two people trust each other, and they trust each other's taste and their sensibility and their point of view. So ultimately, uh, a book fair is just a, a, is just a moment in time that, uh, that helps illuminate or elucidate a long-term relationship that often uh, comes together around a love of books and literature. So it's about, it's about selling rights, it's about translation. What else? I mean, what other types of publishing professionals would you find at, at a fair like this? Well, you have agents. Uh, agents are, are the most entitled people in the book business because they are the ones who have the most urgency. They have to make things happen at a book fair like the London Book Fair. This is the first one to come together in three years. So there's a sense of urgency, really, that there's a lot of product that needs to get bought. But other people, everybody from printers to, um, to people who do design, layout, and there's a lot of people who are trying to innovate and or quote unquote disrupt the book business, you know, to disintermediate the book business itself. So here in London, we have a whole section uh, called Authors HQ, which is sponsored by Amazon Direct Publishing, which is their self-publishing arm. So you have a lot of aspirational activity too, where authors are trying to learn their trade, new translators are trying to break into the business, technologists are looking for an angle to sell publishers new goods and services. So you really do have a huge business component that's happening, not to mention all the international activity that just brings people together uh, here in London once a year to commune with their colleagues. And of course it's not just London. Another book fair that I know we've both been to is uh, Guadalajara in Mexico. Awesome. Guadalajara is in a word an, an awesome book fair. London is, is wonderful for the English speakers and Guadalajara is the centerpiece for the Spanish language. I'm one of the co-creators of uh, Publishers Weekly en Español, which is our trade magazine for the Spanish book business. Again, Spanish being the third, fourth most spoken language on the planet. 
Uh, there's a tremendous literary uh, patrimony there that's never been, to go back to that word, mined really by the global um, literary community. So when you go to Guadalajara, you get a sense of how different uh, the writing is in Mexico, Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, Colombia, Peru. All of these countries have their own literary ecosystem, their own set of authors, their own way of thinking. The bestseller list is different between Chile and Argentina, though they share a thousand-mile border. So you get this all... Um, on show in Guadalajara, Mexico, the week after Thanksgiving in America before Christmas. Super colorful fair, fueled by tequila and salsa music. <laughs> uh, which is not how Frankfurt works. That, of course, is another huge book fair. Well, Frankfurt's fueled by schnitzel and schnapps <laughs> and beer. And the Germans, of course, will tell you that their water is so pure that you'll never get a hangover from their beer. But yeah, Frankfurt is a very much a, a workaday event, though. It is the main event. It's kind of the World Cup, if you will, uh, European Championships of publishing. London is arguably more important for the English language exclusively, but Frankfurt is a showcase venue for the global book business. And it's a place where smaller nations can really show off their work. That's one of the things Frankfurt really excels at, is, uh, is taking a country like Finland and saying, okay, you've got a week to show off your entire uh, literary production. And that can be a very effective way of introducing authors to a global reading public. I mean, I've seen extraordinary results from Iceland, uh, from Finland, from New Zealand, even a country like Indonesia, very large country, but with relatively small literary output, no big tradition of novel writing, was able to come to Frankfurt, bring numerous authors, and really launch them onto the global stage. So Frankfurt serves a very important purpose in the calendar year. It's also kind of an anchor for everybody, where if you can't go to London, maybe you don't go to Guadalajara because you're not working in Spanish, you will almost always go to Frankfurt, no matter what. Uh, and finally, tell me about Publishers Weekly and your role there and what it is that it does for the publishing industry. This is a great question this particular week because Publishers Weekly is now celebrating its 150th anniversary. Pretty extraordinary. It was founded um, a very long time ago in a galaxy far away. And we are the main trade magazine for the American book business comparable in the, to what the bookseller is in the UK, but also for the international and global business. Our role is we are the adjudicators of books in America. We provide uh, more reviews than anybody. We do close to 10,000 reviews a year in print and online. And we look at all genres. Uh, we don't necessarily look at education books, but we look at everything from romance to self-help, uh, literary fiction, commercial fiction, mystery novels, cookbooks, everything. And we give the first read. And what we are used, we're used as a tool by the industry, by booksellers, by uh, universities, by any institution that might be interested in a book's content. They can reliably look at our magazine and say, okay, this is valuable. And because we have a team of editors who have a long uh, decades you know, of experience, I mean, when you add up the hundreds of years amongst all our staff of overall experience, uh, you get everything in context. So somebody will be able to tell you if an idea that's presented in a book in a, in a particular way is new or relevant. And that's the role we play. We also track the news. We also predict the trends. We also reflect the overall industry. And any good magazine will try to shape opinion a little bit too. 
I'm the international and bookselling editor. A lot of my responsibilities, I serve as a kind of uh, ambassador for the American book business on behalf of Publishers Weekly. And I, um, I work on everything from, uh, from the day-to-day -day challenges of booksellers uh, across the world and what best practices will be. I look at literary translation, and then I, I look at a lot of cross-cultural uh, communication and collaboration, particularly at the level of publishers, uh, sometimes governmental institutions, sometimes um, sometimes literary organizations. And uh, you know, I help to I help to provide a lot of connections for people. Ideally, when things are going well for me, I'm just introducing people to each other so they can get into a conversation that will hopefully bear fruit in later years. And you've certainly done that for me. And it's been such fun hanging out with you in various parts of the world. <laughs> Let's go and find some Georgians. Looking forward to it. We have indeed found some Georgians, and not just some Georgians. We've found Tinatin Beriashvili, who is the executive director of the Georgian Publishers and Booksellers Association. Uh, thanks so much for, for agreeing to talk to us. Tell me about the Georgian Publishers and Booksellers Association. Sure. Uh, Georgian Publishers and Booksellers Association has been established on the dawn of the, um, after the Soviet Union was dissolved and our first years of freedom <laughs> came by. Uh, it was established then and it was the initiative of first Georgian publishers to have a professional organization that could represent their interests and also organize some fairs and events that would benefit them all and the sector in general. So since then, uh, most of the publishers that work uh, in Georgia and also most of the booksellers that are uh, active on the market are uh, members of the association and of course they have special benefits and, and some other things in our events uh, and at national stands that we organize. So to speak about the activities of the association, our biggest event and the biggest event of the sector itself of the publishing industry is Tbilisi International Book Festival which is organized each year. Uh, this will be the 24th time this May that the uh, festival is held and uh, it's usually by the end of May. This year it will be held from the 26th of May to 29th of May. It's four days uh, with a great program, several uh, exhibition halls and um, children's uh, pavilion and children's literature program separately. And the uh, focus country this, uh, that has been added for uh, several years now, we have one country uh, that usually visits us with a delegation, with an interesting program, writers, publishers, and we have also some professional uh, activities as well to promote future collaboration uh, with international guests. And this year it will be Turkey. They have been waiting for it since 2020, <laughs> actually. So we're really glad to, that this year uh, this project will be executed. And would you say that this event is more like a book festival where it's just for book lovers to come and, and hear authors speak, or is it for the publishing business? I would say that we are really trying to add the business part of it uh, and to enhance the business part of it. But at this point, it's still more a festival. It's for book lovers in Georgia. Uh, the main 
principle of the festival is that actually it is free of charge for anybody to enter, for the visitors I mean, and any Georgian that wants to come to the fair and just look through the books or buy new editions, they can do so without any charge. So all four days are very, very public and we have a lot of people coming in, uh, so it is mainly a, a festival, but during the last few years, we are uh, really putting a lot of our efforts uh, towards making it an interesting professional program as well. We are trying also to establish a fellowship program, which we haven't gotten enough funding yet for, but we're really trying and hope that in five years or so, it will have a more solid professional fair part. There's also a conference coming up. Uh, yes, there is. It's a very, very interesting event that we have been planning for past few months. It's organized under the umbrella of Tbilisi World Book Capital. This is the status uh, that Tbilisi had for the last year and now the end is coming up and this conference will be one of the main events and one of the closing events of this very interesting program. The full name is the Caucasus and Black Sea Basin uh, Countries Publishing Conference, which will be held on 11th and 12th of April and this conference will inc incorporate all the countries that are included uh, in this region which will be a very interesting platform to uh, exchange um, the challenges that the countries have, the experiences, different experiences in cultural backgrounds with governments also politically and in different contexts and also to plan future collaboration because we think that it is very important that the neighbors, the the regional publishers um, support each other and help each other. There might be many issues that we have gone through and our neighbor has not. We can help them and vice versa, of course. This uh, dialogue, cultural dialogue, is very important. We have great speakers coming in from different countries that will be moderating different panels on the issues. Tell me, so which, which countries are we talking about? So we're talking about Georgia, Ukraine, Turkey, Azerbaijan, uh, Armenia, Bulgaria and Romania. I mean, some of those countries don't really speak to each other. You know, the cultural dialogue helps. Well, we have eliminated one country, Russia. Actually, they are technically in the Black Sea Basin. But of course, because of the boycott and because of the ongoing events, we are not... Uh, they are not participating. It's our decision, but our Ukrainian friends will uh, fully participate online and for them we have changed the, uh, the whole concept and we have made it a hybrid event instead of a fully physical one. That was Tinatin Berashvili, Executive Director at Georgian Publishers and Booksellers Association. And it brings this episode of Monocle Reads to a close. Thanks to our producer, Nora Hull. I'm Georgina Godwin. Thank you for listening.